y'all and welcome to episode 4, I'm a Survivor. I should break into song to be honest as I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to work harder. But I will not put you through that agony. Hmm. I sigh. A sigh of relief for freedom. Freedom to be alive. Freedom to be oneself. Freedom of choice of how to live your life. Especially when someone is vulnerable and unable to help themselves or to ask for help. I am an advocate for anyone who is vulnerable. It's like a raider for me and I feel like I need to step in, in one way or another, and save a damsel in distress. My first encounter with abuse was the age of 20. I remember I just come back from uh, Zanzibar I had finished my A-levels. I was sitting in my room, minding my own business, when I hear a commotion on the outside. And the voices kept getting louder, like they were coming inside the house. I got curious, especially when I heard, This idea! This idea! Which in Swahili means, Help me! Help me! I opened the door when hearing this distress call and I came rushing out of my bedroom to investigate on the matter. Mind you, I wasn't feeling like Colombo at the time. I was like, "Mm, what is happening here? The woman in this story used to live with us uh, with her husband And this woman came rushing behind me, grabbing me uh, to shield her from her husband. The husband came charging at me, threatening that he needs uh, for her to come out or he will beat her. Lord, sometimes I am no good to myself. I stepped up confronting him looking at this tall man charging at me stone cold. And I repeated, Nipige, Nipige. Which in confrontation (laughs) with my size and my age. Oh, but in translation from Swahili to English, it means, beat me, beat me, I dare you. The man looked at me for a while, turned away, leaving the hallway, and out the door he went. Now, I have always been a spontaneous person, thinking in the moment, and at times, I played in my mind, what if he had hit me? And I shrugged, and I know I would do the same thing all over again had it happened. Repeatedly through my life, stepping in <laughs> to save someone's the story of my life. I should really stop this. I remember this um, uh, quote that I uh, read recently. 
The domestic part is not the issue. Violence is violence. And when I dissect this, uh, when you look at it, violence uh, can be found in visible or invisible ways. Behind closed doors, there are many women and a percentage of men who go through um, abuse, either physically, sexually, psychologically, financially. There's discrimination, there's neglect. Throughout the years, I have personally experienced news of friends that I have schooled with in Nairobi who lost their lives due to a type of abuse and the depth of their pain was buried with them. I have often wondered what they had been going through. Did they feel alone? Did they ask for help? Now, domestic violence and abuse can happen to anyone, yet the problem is often overlooked, excused or denied. Being an advocate of uh, no violence, this visitor came seeping through the cracks of my home. And looking back in slow motion, a fear envelops me and I go into a panic as flashes of feeling in speech buzz in my ear. I didn't know it was happening until I spoke out and I heard the words being said to me. My friend, in shock and in disbelief, knowing I do not take crap of that sort. That is abuse. It was ringing in my ear. I shake my head and go through the clips in my head. I was at my most vulnerable when I went through this period of my life. Well, for those who know my story, know my pregnancies were never easy. I have a condition in pregnancy called hyperemesis gravidarum, which is excessive nausea and vomiting and often needs hospitalization. This condition lasts throughout your pregnancy. HG is caused by high levels of hormones. I will not bore you with the scientific details, though I will just let you know. Morning sickness to me was everyday sickness. Any network, anytime. I have discovered, damn, this is me, pregnant, and I had my oops moment. Oops. Then started with the smells and the taste. I couldn't bear perfume smells, neither the taste of anything. All that was agreeable was Coca-Cola. And with the amount of Coca-Cola I drank, I think I need an endorsement check signed and sent via post to me from Coca-Cola. Now being in my state, I was bedridden and weak as I couldn't even take water. I could, would also vomit that out. And in my condition, I was dehydrated. In this condition, I expected my spouse to be all concerned and lovey-dovey. And he was. I'm not saying he wasn't, 
but he showed me another side to him. It was like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of um, situation. <laughs> That's why I believe there is two sides to every person. In one minute he was cooking porridge and changing my vomit bucket to standing in front of me with words like, You are not the first woman to undergo pregnancies. Our mothers and foremothers have done it before. And I do not understand why you can't just go in the kitchen and cook. I know women who are pregnant and cook and take care of the house. A typical African man stood right in front of me. In my state, energy was borrowed. And in intervals, I knew I was alone. And in this, I slowly withdrew within myself. And throughout the first and second trimester, I just went deeper into my shell. And the words he kept saying kept breaking my spirit until I started being scared in my own home. He being away of the house, away from the house was happiness. Once I had the key go through the keyhole, my shoulders just shrunk and I became small and I felt insignificant. I started having panic attacks, which I didn't know felt like one suffocating, sinking, helpless. And I remember this would happen at the most weirdest of times. I gradually uh, had to start work, so the vomiting kept at a steady and controlled with what I was eating. So I knew to have certain types of food that would be agreeable with me in the second trimester of my pregnancy. And I remember I would make my journeys to work and in the middle of it, I would have my panic attacks and I would have to sit on the floor or hold onto a wall until the bouts subside. I remember having an episode at work and feeling the walls closing in and I went under the desk to feel safe. Oh, I was concerned and I had a conversation with a friend and this was my start to speaking out. I had alienated all my friends. I couldn't talk on the phone. So meeting my friend at the park was more realization to me than her saying this isn't the Khadija I know I was skinny with my uh, pregnant tummy you were so vibrant and full of life before this I just don't understand it with her saying this this conversation helped and I knew I had to get my affairs in order Speaking to my doctor and the triage nurse, they knew something was wrong. All that bottling up made me lash out one day. I had taken enough. It felt like an eruption of all the words compressed through the days. 
It was after my appointment with the doctor and having bouts of panic attack that I said enough is enough and I spoke out. I got myself out of that situation and I felt a relief that day, I remember. The relief that the narcissistic atmosphere was no more. I remember for uh, for the first time in months I slept peacefully on my own bed and for the, for ages I started feeling better in terms of safety. I continued continued battling HG gestational diabetes and the panic attacks until I delivered my precious one who I named Little Crown to signify he prevailed through this uh, pregnancy uh, with me and came out with a crown on his head. It took me a while to get back to my old self. I uh, remember I went back to Nairobi to recuperate and just get clarity. After the baby, I would get suicidal thoughts. They would come and go in ebbs and flows. And it was through strength, faith, and the love of my children that I survived. And when I feel the world crushing around me, I try to find the strength to take another step forward. Alhamdulillah. I am a survivor. We hear a lot of uh, anecdotes on abuse. We never imagine that it can happen to us. When it happened to me, it took me a while to speak up and define myself. Though I believe it was because I was weak, and dehydrated and couldn't do much. People around us have to speak up and open our eyes to give life to strength. I recently watched the movie Enough with J-Lo, better known as Jennifer Lopez, and I watched it with new eyes after my own ordeal. When do we say enough? In the movie, Slim is the main character and she goes through the motions until she knows she has to fight for herself. Self-defense is not murder. To be able to stand up for yourself is strength in its own right and I applaud every single person who says enough and stands up firm before harm comes to them. My confusion came because there was no nicety and the flip reverse of bullying. So it took me a while to understand why this was not acceptable. But I look back and now I can say I prevailed and I hope that so many that go through this can find their voice they can find strength and say I am a survivor with the first steps of 
enough. I am not taking any of this abuse anymore. On this episode, I have a lovely, strong and resilient lady uh, who will grace us with her story. Welcome, Miss Dita. Talk to me. Oh, hello. Hello. Sorry about that. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Miss Dida. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the invite. Thank you. How have now, you been? I've been super. I've been super. How are you? Yeah, all right. Thanks. All right. Okay. Now, I've known you for a long while, especially uh, when we share things about uh, life and our journeys, and we have touched on um, many subjects. Yeah. Uh, But today, uh, I would like us to talk about a very sensitive subject that um, would touch uh, you in uh, one way or another. Um, This topic is on abuse and Mm -hmm. about experiences that you've gone through. Uh, Can you uh, walk us through your journey? Um, Yeah, I was in a long-term relationship with my ex-partner and uh, I experienced a lot of abuse and Mm -hmm. it didn't start, um, you know, as the first of a relationship, but... Mm -hmm. After maybe one year, mm-hmm. that the abuse started. It started like uh, verbal and mm-hmm. emotional abuse as well. Mm. You know, it, it makes you like, uh, I mean, he makes you like, you don't know what you're doing. You know, you start to doubt yourself with everything you do. Mm-hmm. Put you down every time. And sometimes you just ignore it. But after mm. a while... You start to doubt yourself and you start to lose, you know, yourself. You don't feel yeah. confident and things like that. Mm. Yeah, so it was very hard. It was very hard. Yeah, but after a while, then it started becoming like uh, physical abuse. Oh, okay. Yeah. And because sometimes, I don't know, you just feel like, oh, I'm in love. I'm in love. You know, you love this person. And mm. You expect them like to change. Like you're justifying it. Yeah, you'll be like, oh, mm. he's angry or because we had an argument, mm. fist fights and things like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's what has been, yeah, that's what has been happened. But after having children, you then start to doubt, to say, oh my God, this is no, this has to stop. So mm. you promise like his change, it's still change, but after a while, no, it's become like a habit. Mm. Good for months, and then out of the blues, out of a silly argument or silly thing, you know, random, random things. Yeah. yeah. That's what so you get like uh, someone's picking a fight intentionally just to just to get uh, um, a reaction, and oh, then yeah. something escalates from it. Yeah, and sometimes you <clears throat> you don't even know. What to say? It's like okay, <clears throat> if I say this thing, is this person how is he's gonna react? Is mm-hmm. like you wanna guard all the time? Yeah, guard like okay, tiptoeing in the house. 
Yeah, but when it got too much, I was like, no, this is not healthy for me or for my children. And they're growing up. So I was like, no, I have to go. <laughs> How far along the line did you say enough is enough? Because uh, there was a point where we had, we had a break. Mm-hmm. Like for maybe two years. Mm. So after that, within like one year, I say, no, enough is enough. And I, I was planning to leave. Now that's a tricky point where you're planning to live mm. and you don't have maybe financial resources, you don't mm. have support. Yeah, there are so many things which sometimes they make you doubt living. Yes. And sometimes you think like, oh, I'm going to stay with my children. But mm. If the children are not happy and they can see you're not happy, then they're the ones who will tell you, this is, you have to go, we have to go. Mm. like that yeah so so it was a yeah i had to plan for a long time but a still a you have to recognize hmm? a stealth exit um just to not uh make someone um agitated more because how mm. did he um respond did he know that you were making this plan or you had to do it secretly i had to do secretly because at one point I was going to leave, but he wanted the children to stay. Mm. You know, and you are, you are like, okay. Because you get, you are scared. You think this person has got so much power mm. over you or over everything. So they make you believe that in a way. So I had to plan secretly. Secretly meeting this, you know, like support workers and people okay. like that. Yeah, because sometimes it's tricky even sometimes to come out of the house, if, especially when most of the time is in the house. Mm-hmm. So you have to say, oh, I'm going for a walk with my child or, you know, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. going for a stroll or anything. Mm-hmm. Then you have to meet with support workers and you plan your exit. But All I can say is, while you're planning this, you really have to have evidence. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As an evidence to show, like the show, uh, what is it, the social worker, or what type of evidence? Yeah, because to build a case, the police have to get involved, so... You need evidence that you report to police and you can get pictures, you know, like bruises or, you know, like Mm. witness. You have to document the dates, what happened. Because otherwise, sometimes you don't get the full support you need. If, because sometimes you call the, if it's physical and you call police, when they come there, that's a record they have. Mm-hmm. But most of us women <laughs> or men, I don't mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. we say, oh, this is going to change. He's going to change, you know? So you leave it. You don't record. So the police don't have that record. Mm. Especially yeah. if it's been going on for many years. There is yeah. so much that you probably um, hidden before you actually talked yourself into, okay. Now I I need to help myself. Oh yes. Yeah, and probably yeah. that journey also took a long while for you to say, "Now I'm helping myself, but how 
am I going to do this? Yeah, it's so, a long process. Um, because if they say that it takes more than 30 times for someone to abuse you to call, you know, mm -hmm. because, yeah, because sometimes people hide, we hide the law. And then you say, this is enough. Then you start calling. And then it becomes like a pattern because mm -hmm. sometimes you have a silly argument and he'll be like, okay, go and call the police. Oh, yeah. I dare you. Yeah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's because, yeah, and because some places, it depends where you live. Mm. Some places they're not serious, okay. but I'm happy. One of a county I moved to, it was Bedfordshire. Mm. They are on top of it, so okay. when you call them, it's like take the person out of the house. You know, like that is like a mm -hmm. big thing. But mm -hmm. some counties I experience is like maybe they they are called maybe after every second or I don't know. <laughs> so they didn't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but. I'm happy I moved out. Start a new. There's life at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, there is. There is hope. Yeah, you do survive. Yeah, you do survive. Okay. Now, what message do you have for anyone out there uh, going through uh, any type of abuse um, and are scared to speak out? or get out uh, of the situation. What, what do you have to say about that? I can fully understand when somebody's scared because even for me, it took a long time hmm. to live by myself because I wanted to live by myself, just to move out of the house by myself because I was like, okay, I can find a place and, you know, move out mm -hmm. and with my child but then this person if they find you you know they might even kill you mm. because you know you've seen you've seen those monster eyes you've seen mm. everything mm. so I understand when people sometimes they get scared or sometimes people move and then they go back to the mm -hmm. perpetrator because mm. they can pursue I do I'm gonna change da, 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 da. Mm. all I can say is you really have to be ready. Mm -hmm. It's like when you move out, that's it. No going back. And also, you have to find proper route, routine. You know, like, involve the police. Mm. You know, things like that. Because if you involve the police, they'll have that record. And then even if you move away, any sign of him showing up or making any attempt to reach you, you know, like that. Yeah, documents the evidence. Uh. Yeah. Okay. Then they come so quickly because they have that record for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. all I can say. Yeah, but don't be ashamed or scared or anything. Be ready, be prepared, and leave. And also, there are so many people going through it. Mm -hmm. You get you get lots of support. There's so many support for women, and you know, you mm -hmm. get all the support you need emotionally, you get support financially. So don't be scared. Don't be scared. I know back home, people mm -hmm. are scared. They stay, like in Africa. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they, 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 it's like they depend on the man or. Yes. Or oh, the Tom, oh, Tom Subra. You hear that yeah. a lot from, um, yeah. from all our, our 
moms and aunties and grandmoms, supra, supra, which means have patience yeah. and try it yeah. and try to be this person that they also were. But uh, in this age and time, it just becomes more harder because now the children are verbal as well and they, mm-hmm. uh, they see what's happening and they're mm-hmm. voicing it out. So then you've got a pool from the children saying, oh, mom, no. Yes. You know, and this mm-hmm. other voice is saying, oh, sobra, sobra, be patient, oh, yeah. be patient. Oh, also, because sometimes they tell you, oh, you have children, so what are you going to do? But mm. now, back home, mm. there's so, much, so many support for women. Mm-hmm. They can, mm-hmm. they can, you know, give you a loan. You can start your own business, you know. Mm-hmm. You'll be supporting yourself, you know. You can start your own life with your children. And you live a happy life, you know. So all I can say is, if it feels like pain, just leave. Leave. Love is not that. <laughs> That's not love. Somebody hitting you, mm-hmm. you know, putting you down. There's some, you know, like that, emotional yes. abuse. Emotional it's abuse. Financial yeah. abuse, that's not mm. love. <laughs> that's all I can say. Yeah, and it gets combined all in there. And the yeah. power that one person holds yeah. or can be overwhelming to um, anyone who's the one on the receiving end. Yeah. Mm. And then I realized I gave him so much power because when I left, I left, you know, set foot out of that door. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Why did I give him so much power? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, all this time, it's like, oh, I have power of my own, you know, like that. Why, yeah, why did I do this before? It's very yeah. liberating. So oh, it is very liberating. Oh, trust you me. Yeah. I remember when uh, it was my uh, uh, first time that I said to him, there's the door. Yeah. I felt so liberated. I felt a uh, lightness. Yeah. So it is it is like uh, shackles were were broken on that day. The, yeah. It's like mm. you've been chained, yeah, like you're in jail or something. <laughs> it's mm. true. Because yeah, like you say. Mm. And you could be in your own house. This is very funny. You're in your own house, you mm. the one decorated, you're the you one pay who the bills. Oh, but it's not it's not yours anymore. Someone's taken over and you you wonder when. How? Yeah. It's like somebody hypnotize you, you know? It's like was, was that me? It's like when mm-hmm. I think about that, oh that me? What was I thinking? Oh, what the things mm-hmm. we go through. It's all because of love. We believe love is okay, can conquer all, but no, it's mm-hmm. pain. When there's pain, no. Please leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah. Leave me alone. So right now you've uh, you've been um, free from this. How are you faring? How ha- how have you grown in terms of if this situation was to happen to anyone else out there? You kind of know the signs. What oh, yeah. what would you say or what would you do? How would you react to a person uh, you see going through this and they're oblivious to it? Uh, all I can do is give advice. Mm-hmm. I give advice because sometimes 
it depends with people's situation because I remember I saw someone who was experienced. We talked a lot and mm -hmm. she moved into a refuge. Okay. Women. And because of family issues, she told me like she was going back to the man. And I was like, why? He said, oh, because of the children and like in the family, you know, like mm -hmm. there's division. They want her to go back. Mm -hmm. I told her, for me, I can't judge because uh -huh. every situation is different. But all I can say is just do it for you. Something is not right. Just get out before you lose your life because so many people lose their lives because of that. That's very true. Yeah, so many people. And the thing I can say is, okay, she moved in because of family, not because of herself. She didn't want to go back because of the, but because of the family. So I don't know what happened to her. I gave her advice, like, just uh, go to a college, you know, mm -hmm. do a course, you know, uplift mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start going to college, mm -hmm. you start a small course, do something, you know, a hobby, whatever. Yes. You meet friends, you move from there. But, yeah, all I can do is just do things for you, not for family or because you don't stay for the children. Because the children, when they see you in pain, they see you, you know, like that. They're not happy. Mm -hmm. They don't want you to be in the relationship because for them, on behalf of them, and they see pain, you go through pain. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's better just to do for you. Do for you. Yeah. Move out. Start your life. It's possible. You okay. can start from the bottom, but, it's, you know, you live your life the way you want mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where that's where self love comes in. Yeah, no, because it's, with, it's like self love. You cure, you cure yeah. your self hate in a way. We mm -hmm. hate ourselves because we put ourselves so much through so much for what? For love? No, there's something you know, like if there's some place we hate ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we have to love ourselves so much that no one will ever lay a finger on you. You know. Mm -hmm. Nobody yeah. should put you down. Nobody. That's the love nobody. we have to give ourselves. That's the yeah. yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah. Be be your own defense. Yeah. Yeah. Be your own defense because um, in situations like that, um, uh, people lose weight. Some put on weight. Some don't mm. take care of themselves. They oh, they um, whatever put themselves. Um, too much inside their own shells just to be protective of, of whatever is out there. Yeah. So the alienation part is very um, strong where you find you're never verbal to people anymore. You don't want to go out when uh, your friend says, oh, let's go out for a, a, a dinner or a coffee or dancing or just picking up the phone and uh, talking to people. I remember the situation where you were talking to me and you had gone to the shelter. Yeah. Yes. And I, I believe you talking to me and um, I encouraging you, that, um, that set like some... Uh, uh, wheels of energy for, for, for you and myself as well yeah. because we were going through a, a similar thing simultaneously so yeah. giving uh, power to each other yeah that was so good that was so good 
Mm. I really appreciate it. That, you know, that's all you need. You need people who care about you around, you know, like give you that support. Mm. That is so helpful in a way. Because you're far, you don't see your family, you don't see your yes. friends, you know? Yes. So, yeah, talking to you helps a lot as well. Mm. Oh, and also counseling helps. There's some groups for women or, you know, who experience the same thing. The same thing. You can even, people can even start with that. And you That's can, you know, yeah, mm. because it helps a lot as well. Because yeah. you you can go first time, you can just listen, and then you get to that courage to start to speak up. And then yeah, that's when you know it. you're not alone. You're not alone, mm-hmm. and there's so much support out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> there's life out there. <laughs> so is there anything you would like to add before we conclude uh, this uh, podcast, Miss Dida? Anything at all? All I say is, um, it's about relationship, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if in the relationship, it's like uh, the person you're with, they have to accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. Nobody should change you because they can. somebody can want to change how you speak, you know, change your, how you wear your clothes, you know, like oh. your, like, you know your style or anything. Mm-hmm. Just in a relationship, you are there with each other to uplift each other, inspire each other, you know? So mm-hmm. everybody, it's like you are two people, two mm-hmm. separate people coming together. Yes, that's very yeah. true. And respect it should be there. Respect should be there. Okay. Yeah, um, I guess what you're saying about uh, someone changing you, because in my situation, it was about the hijab, yeah. And uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm a mixture of, uh, I put on a hijab when I put on a hijab on a, da- a daily ba- basis. And there are days where I don't feel like putting on a hijab. Probably if I'm going for a wedding or mm-hmm. I'll be going out uh, to places where I feel, oh, I want to let loose. Yeah. Get what I mean? So mm-hmm. someone who already knows this, and then comes one day, stands in front of you and says to you, and I don't want to see you going outside there with no hijab on. It's a bit confusing because you're like, hang on, this yeah. person knew me before and knows mm-hmm. that this is uh, me. I put on the hijab how I put it on. Mm-hmm. So why is he coming now and saying uh, to me, I don't want to see you with your hair out? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you get what I mean? It yeah. gets a bit confusing, and you're like, "What? What? Mm-hmm. What is this person saying?" Mm-hmm. That's how it starts, in the control. Mm-hmm. And you, one day you don't wear high heel, <laughs> the next day hijab, you know, like that. Don't oh, put on that's that a control chair. thing. It's a control. Are you leaving the house like that? Why are you speaking mm-hmm. to her? Don't speak to her. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that one to late you from oh. your family and friends slowly. Yes. Oh, it's crazy. And no wonder. You you wonder. It's 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 a really it's a really hard thing for someone to comprehend, especially mm-hmm. if someone knows your character. Like mm-hmm. my character is someone who speaks out. Anyone mm-hmm. who knows me knows I I am I can be quiet, 
But mm-hmm. in cases where I see someone is being uh, oppressed or, or, or no, it's not agreeable on how this thing is, I speak out. So I think for me, it was even harder because, hang on, why is this happening to me? And I do not condone things like this. Yeah. You know, and for my myself, I think my justification is that I was at my weakest point because I was pregnant. I was mm-hmm. pregnant. I was bedridden. My my energy was very low. So I think that advantage could be sipped into there and someone now say, now I'm taking over. Yeah, that's very bad, isn't it? Yeah, I I was very vulnerable in that state. Sometimes somebody should show their support and love, (laughs) you know, that's Mm -hmm. the time somebody digs on you. People, Mm. that's no love, is it? (laughs) <laughs> no, People no. need to go and uh, t- uh, you know proper proper <laughs> relationship courses. I think the way mm. some men treat women is so bad. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Well, Miss Dida, thank you so much for availing yourself. I really appreciate that you could uh, share your uh, journey with us. Okay. We we have come uh, to the conclusion, and we hope. Uh, We have touched on areas that will bring courage and purpose for anyone to speak out or say, now, today is my first day that I say, enough is enough. I will um, share this um, quote by Mahatma Gandhi that says, silence becomes cowardice because occasions demand speaking out the whole truth and acting accordingly. Join me again on the next podcast. Take care of yourselves. Bye, Miss Dida. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.